Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Hey everyone, this is the Almost World Podcast. Bringing to you mind-blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast, please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. Three. Welcome to Elmo's World Podcast. This is Elmo Ador. And um, I am here with my friend, David Russell. Hey man, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, man, my name is David Russell. I'm a Christian uh, apologist, and I host two shows. One is called Proselytize or Apostatize, and the other one is called Skeptics and Seekers. Check them both out. They're pretty fun shows. We do debates, interviews, and so on. Um, Also, I'm a full-time student, and I uh, own the Virginia Apologetics Union uh, Facebook page over here in the United States, and... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm a family guy, and you know, and I love apologetics. <laughs> so, awesome. Okay, bro. So, um, can you tell me, I guess, the background of how you became a Christian? Right? Either you were raised, or someone like you were converted. What happened? Okay, so what happened was, you know, my my grandparents took me to church when I was young, so we had that background of Christianity. But uh, when my mom married my stepfather, we we just stopped going to church, and my grandfather got pretty sick. And uh, yeah, so I mean, we that, that ended my my church uh, going days. And I kind of grew up, you know, believing in what I wanted to believe, and you know, didn't have a really strong foundation. But I had always had this like in fit, you know, this 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 idea, this this affection for Christ. And that kind of carried over this affection I had for for uh, Jesus and and stuff like that. And when I became 18, I gave my life to Christ. It was kind of a funny experience. My, it's not not funny, sad too. But my my great grandmother, she was dying from from cancer at the time, and I remember just feeling real down because the whole family was down and it was affecting everybody. And and because she was just dying pretty slowly and painfully, and you know. When you look at somebody that you think is like really good in life, they don't deserve something like that. So it got me thinking, and and I poured out my heart to to God one night and said, "Hey, if you want me to follow you, then you need to send you know two people or two angels 
<laughs> like, and, and you know, it's funny. I had this idea, like, touched by an angel, you know, or or highway to heaven, you know, because that's kind of what I grew up around. My those are reruns my grandparents watched all the time, and and I was like, send send two angels to uh, convert me, right? Or it, whenever you're ready for me to follow you, you know. And it's kind of funny because not only it was not even a year; it was the summer after she had passed that. My friend that was living with us at the time, he got saved, and he kept inviting me out, and I kept saying no, and finally I was like, okay, I'll go with you, and uh, there are two people there, and, you know, angel uh, in Greek means messenger, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, something miraculous like, like I was saying before with, like, you know, the TV shows Touched by an Angel or, or a Highway to Heaven, it's kind of funny, but... You know, they could just be two people bringing the gospel, and that's that's who was there. Two people that brought the gospel and convinced me that you know God would be with me, and so on. And I converted there, uh, but that that didn't end my journey. That just began the journey, and I started going to a church that was uh, Pentecostal, very charismatic, and it turned into what we call uh, a Word of Faith movement which is uh, prosperity gospel and, and so on. And, and my walk was like a roller coaster. And, you know, I didn't have much foundation and so forth. I mean, the only thing I think that brought me through those next seven years were my relationship with Christ, you know, the fact that I had a personal relationship with Christ. And uh, one day I, I was just like, man, I, 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 can't, I can't do this. And then my dad passed away. And I went to his funeral, and my cousin, who's a staunch atheist, he sat down and he said, why should I have faith? And throughout the conversation we launched into, I just I couldn't give him any good answers, man. And at the end of it, I was left even more destitute and, and, and searching, like, you know, what did I give my life to for these past seven years, man? And I was like, man, I, I really need to know why I believe this. And that launched me into uh, apologetics, which I, I think God kind of led me into because it, it started with me getting to understand how to read the Bible and so forth. And I started listening to the programs, and I got into apologetics, and I've been doing that for 10 years now, 10-plus years now. Um, I actually was able to go back to school because during the early years I, I got an associate's in theology. And now I'm able to uh, do this again and go back to school and, and – Go for my master's in philosophy and apologetics. So that's been really cool. It's been a, it's been an interesting journey, and you know I, I really I'm really grateful and thankful for what God has led me into when it comes to apologetics. And uh, that's where I'm at today, man. I'm I'm hosting shows and getting interviewed and so on, man. Well, uh, I guess it's very interesting for me to note, though, that um, you're someone that actually admits that they had this spiritual experience, right? That most of the guests that I have had, they sort of just, you know, say that uh, they just believed, you know, because if someone were to ask you how you would, I guess, falsify whether or not that, I guess, conversion was real or not, like there, you wouldn't really be able to give them an answer, and and the only way you could give them, a, them an answer is just you know well to me it was so real right it was uh, I really felt as if God had uh, came opened my heart and changed me and made me this new person and I became saved, but, but would you say the same thing? Uh, in a way, yeah. You, you know, there's there's so many different ways to describe 
describe a spiritual experience. I, I listened to your podcast with Joel too, and and he had a little bit of an opposite uh, story of mine even. But uh, I would say that that one of the things he said is is like, uh, and, and I would call it illumination. Is is a, a spiritual experience in a way, but also you know yeah I would say that I did have a conversion experience, and I th I think most Christians do even if they don't want to admit it, but. Uh, because you know, especially in this day and age, when we're, we're in, people are looking for, you know, rational answers and and just trying to use reasoning and stuff, I think that it's kind of hard for them to really go into that because you know you really can't disprove it or prove it, you know. So I, I mean, I don't use it in my apologetic until the end, you know, and I, I'd say, hey, I have had a personal experience, and you know, for me, that's that's real, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's just all there is to it, I guess. On that, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess uh, in, in what you just said, um, basically, uh, you're not really going to use that argument in a debate, right? That oh, because I had this spiritual yeah. experience, therefore God exists. You know, because if yeah. if you were to tell that to an atheist that or or, an, or another you know theist then it would be really hard to convince them of that the validity of that argument but i guess if if on a personal level you know you could it it is i i guess for me it, it would be satisfactory because um we we are all humans and there are things that that just you know act that, that are just that come to us and we know for certain that they are real even it with even without any like external or, or rational justification but when it comes to my personal spirit uh spiritual experience you know i guess i i, I dive into it more as well like philosophically to try to explain it i guess but um yeah. mm -hmm. well we're both in that boat my friend <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then I want to ask you the I guess the foundations of your Christianity first. So, um, when it comes to the atheist versus theist realm, right? We're we're mainly talking about God, right? The classical theist God. So, why do you believe in God, and why do you think it it makes sense? It's not contradictory or problematic. Well, yeah. So let, let's step it back just a few. I'm I'm an accumulative case guy, you know. So I look at I, I think that there's several arguments um, that can lead to the Christian God, for example. And if we go back to the classical arguments, yeah. In in a debate, I would probably use the classical arguments first, like establishing God exists, uh, the argument from design, then morality, and so forth. <clears throat> so. Um, so, are you asking me specifically what is the strongest argument for me? Yeah, I guess like why do you believe in God? You know, the the if on a basic so, level. So, yeah. So uh, again, you know, when it comes to the atheist <clears throat> and the Christian, I think that the argument from the resurrection uh, is probably one of the the greatest arguments and and the reliable reliability of of the scriptures. I, I think that uh, you can make a really good historical case that uh, pretty much blows any other historical case out of the water, um, especially from antiquity. And then I also think the cosmological argument is very compelling. So those would be the two that that really stand out to me. 
But as an accumulative case apologist, I like to meet people where they're at. So I try to get familiar with a lot of the arguments. And it's funny because I have uh, I have a learning disability multi-step processes, which if you know what a cumulative case is, it's multiple arguments. So uh, I try to remember as much as I can, and I like to meet the person where they're at and you know go from there. So sometimes I won't start. I don't have any priority. I don't start with the classical arguments sometimes. Depends on where the person is. And usually, you know, that comes with, you know, trying to be in a relationship, you know, and get to know the person and listen to them. I think that's a big, big deal is listening to somebody. But as far as for me, again, the uh, the idea of the historical argument for the resurrection and the reliability of the scriptures and the cosmological would be convincing for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, I guess it's sort of like you're starting from at Christianity and then that's where why you you, you believe in in a creator or a designer well no no not really uh, it, when you you're talking cumulative it just means there's no priority of approach right so I don't have a priority in in that so I can start in with the classical arguments and move into Christianity which I normally do if I'm debating formally or uh, sometimes informally. Um, if I'm just meeting people out on the street, I try to meet them where they're at. You know, so uh, yeah, it, it's there's no priority there. So I don't reason from Christianity to God. Uh, not all. I, I, there's sometimes, yeah, I think you can start with reasoning there, but it depends on where the person's at. You understand? Yeah, so it, that's it. Really, yeah, that's kind of it's where the person is. If they already believe, if they're already a theist, if they're already a theist, there's no point of me presenting classical arguments for God. I should jump into Christianity at that point, or or you know stuff like that, or things that would, you know, lead us. Yeah, but I guess what if in a case of just you know you alone in a room, right, and you're writing on this paper as to the reasons why you believe in God. Without any other participants, how would you present your argument? I would probably do it the classical theist way. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, so I, I would probably do it that way, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, you you believe? Do you believe that that the classical argument for God's existence is enough or is sufficient to prove that He actually exists? I think they're enough to get you to theism, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so did Anthony Flew. I mean, for years that guy was an atheist, and the argument from design convinced him, you know. So I think definitely that they hold a lot of weight, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, let, let's try to look at, let's say, one of the uh, biggest arguments against theism, which is the problem sure. of evil. Right. It, Ooh, all right. Okay. Let, let's say <laughs> you're you diving in deep, bro. Right yeah, away. <laughs> yeah. Let's say I'm an yeah, atheist, go, right? Um, hey, man. Like, uh, God doesn't exist because if he does exist, then he's an evil god because of the of starvation, of corruption, of rape, of the the freaking concentration camps and Auschwitz and all of that. So if God did exist, then he's an evil God. If God is an evil God, then he's not God. He's just some some alien with superpowers. <laughs> alien with superpowers. 
All right, man. Well, you know, I won't give you the, the whole argument. I can lay out the free will theodicy, which I cling to. I don't hold to a, a natural evil. So things like tsunamis hitting the coast and stuff like that, I wouldn't say is a natural evil. I know I, some people blow back on me about that, but um, I just think that's part of the teleology of this earth, you know, that, you know, it, if we didn't have uh, this crazy nature that we see, we wouldn't have the life-sustaining planet that we all enjoy, you know. So uh, God has given us minds, and, you know, he's given us ways to combat certain forces of nature and overcome them. And that's kind of what he put us here for, to gain dominion over those things. So um, that would be one argument. The second argument would be a lot of the things that you discuss, I would have to say, why do you consider those evil? Because on an atheist view, there is no such thing as evil. So if there is a God, there can't be an evil God because evil doesn't exist to you. So we can go that route. Um, I like to provide a theodicy, though. So I think that uh, free will... The freedom of man, God created us with the real choices, and all those things that you described are things is a humanity problem. Uh, rapes, uh, genocides, and so on, those are all human problems, and that's because we, we've got an answer. As Christians, we have an answer to that, and that is we are all fallen in nature, and we've all sinned, and we're in a rebellion to a holy God. So, and I know I sound like a, a, a reformed guy right there, but… <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, man has this freedom, and with freedom comes that potential to disobey, and we have, and it spiraled out of control since. So, I mean, uh, if you're going to start blaming evil, if you're going to start, you know, asking, you know, for a theodicy or, or you know, a reason that or disbelief in God, I think it's it's kind of arrogant and premature to just pawn it off as an evil god when you don't even give the theology credence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so i guess so. that um the the basically what you're saying is that um you can't use the problem of evil because there is no such thing as evil or good in a godless universe right so you Pretty can't much, use that argument. yeah and any and any other and any and any other Suggestion otherwise is borrowing from our worldview, our worldview, uh, a theist worldview, because you can't have a real evil if there's no standard <laughs> of good, you know. So, mm-hmm. but I guess, like for example, if there is such a thing as evil in a in a God inclusive universe, like for example, in a Christian, in a in a in a universe like that. that that a Christian believes in where God created everything, right? The fact that there is actually an evil would mean that evil sourced from God himself, right? Like, and why would there be anything like that, like that if it's not coming from the, the ultimate source? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, we have a theology that hasn't been, given any credence, right? So Mm -hmm. our theology, we have to go into that at that point. I think it becomes Mm -hmm. a theological issue because if you're going to admit that there's evil, Mm -hmm. right, you're going to have to at least consider the Christian theology, which does not put the source of evil on God. I mean, some people do. Yeah, some people think he ordained it. Personally, I don't think that. I think he created the potential for evil. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I don't think there's things that like 
like God does everything, such as God cannot sin, right? So, you know, therefore God can't sin, right? So Mm -hmm. it's just kind of uh, uh, the whole idea of the theology that's being ignored here uh, from the atheists, not from you, Elmo, (laughs) is the – is is has to be taken into consideration and it has to be examined and you have to walk through it and it's it's it can be a lengthy process and if you're if you're in a position where you can you know talk to somebody like that and go into those deep theological discussions then you should because that's mm-hmm. what we're called to do we're called to give an answer mm-hmm. so that would be my answer on a nutshell for you okay okay so when we are talking about the classical arguments for God for God right it it's more of just describing this this entity that is omnibenevolent omnipresent uh, you know omnipowerful I guess omnipotent yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so um, how do you different I guess start from that and go directly to Christianity because there are other options, right? Like Islam, Zoroastrianism, some sort of Hindu monotheist <laughs> god. So, so it's been so long since I studied the other major religions, <laughs> so I won't be able to like give them too much credence. But I can tell you from my investigations of them mm-hmm. what I generally concluded. So I generally concluded that they had a lot of issues with either inconsistencies uh, through uh, historical inconsistencies. Yeah, but let me stop other... you there, though, right? Like, okay. um, if you're gonna make like a general investigation of other religions and and make a, a yeah. di- uh, I guess like a fatal conclusion, like, let's say like, oh, I, I took a look at Islam for uh, for a few minutes and then I I I concluded that it's not the the real one. So h- how do you know that you were actually right if you didn't actually dive deeper into it? Right, they, oh, I, I dived deep when I did it. <laughs> okay. uh, we had, you know, I had to, I had to study other major religions. I mean, I still have a, the, my Quran on the bookshelf mm-hmm. and several. Well, let's other, talk uh, about Islam first, right? I think yeah. that's one of the biggest challengers to to okay. the the pedestal of this monotheist god, right? So, why is Islam not the right religion? Why? Well, because. A, I think they get their history wrong. You know, I love the historical arguments for Christ. So when they say that Jesus didn't die on the cross, I'm going to have to be like, that takes me back for a minute because the people that that were eyewitnesses to his life, his death, his burial, and resurrection said that he did die on the cross, where Islam claims that he didn't 500 and some odd years later. So when, who am I going to believe? You know, am I going to believe in Elmo's best friend that, gives me an account of his life, or I'm going to believe that in somebody that comes along and says something totally different 500 years later. That's just one argument right there. So I, I think that that when you look at it historically, I think the credibility uh, totally sides with the scriptural account from my studies. Mm-hmm. I like that argument, but okay. But I guess like um, I, I, I could actually do something different in reverse for that if i were a muslim right i would say um well you know if you look at the the god that christians have and in comparison to the muslim god right uh, the muslim god is is a lot is i guess like 
is really similar to what you would expect of a classical god and and it, it, and if 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 the muslim concept of god is right therefore the 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 quran the quran's historical claims must be right well as well so it's more of a, the, like starting their or basing their historical credibility on their their proper theology right in comparison to what christianity has yeah, but I mean, why would that? Why would their theirs be any more rational than ours? I mean, we're both starting with a monotheistic God that, uh, you know, is the creator of time and reality, and then we've got this other aspect which comes into question, which is historical, and the evidence is heavily in favor of the Christian account. So, I mean, at least from from my standpoint, you know, I I see that the Christian uh, account is very historically reliable. Uh, it's been it's passed the test over and over again. So I mean, I would just come back with that. I mean, who's to say that theirs is more uh, conforming to the classical image, right? I mean, if you look at at anything um, from Thomas Aquinas on, I mean, there's very good arguments for the Christian God. Then I think they far outweigh. That and I've seen the debates. I mean, I've seen people walk out on William Lane Craig that were Muslim because he was, uh, I would say, just spanking them around, you know. So uh, intellectually, so I mean, it just, it, you know, it, it you know, it, it comes to you know reliability and it comes to you know questioning uh, also those type of claims that you just made. So I would, I, you know, anyways. I'll let you go. <laughs> yeah, okay, but uh, other than the historical un unreliability of Islam, what other arguments do you have against them? Against Islam? Yeah. Man, I, I, I need to prepare for that. I don't have any right now. Yeah, but I guess like because <laughs> um, you, you did say that I, I you, think, you went say, deep into say, the religion, right? Yeah, but that was a long time ago. But I don't have anything <laughs> on that right now, man. You okay. know, you got when I told you when I told you to to let me know so I could prepare. <laughs> that if you said, "Hey, we're going to talk a lot about the religion of Islam," I would have looked into my notes that I have stored away. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but um, yeah, but, but I guess yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I, that's fine. I, yeah, I, I guess I, I get it. I, mm -hmm. I think I think they make some uh, pretty uh, audacious scientific claims. Such as uh, ants talking and so forth. Uh, that's just what I remember off the top of my head that stuck out to me. Um, but as far as the historical inconsistencies, I think that is the nail in the coffin. If you're going to make historical claims and they don't add up, then that's that's a problem. Um, I don't buy any of the you know the Quran has been only translated once. No, there's been several you know variations. I think there's like three variations uh, that the that they went through, um, and they burned. Two of them to, to, you know, for the one they have today. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I can make the same arguments about the reliability of the transmission of of the New Testament, you know, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, to me, I think the historical reliability, especially for me, plays a huge role into establishing truth. So, and I think we can get to the truth, and I think if we do enough this investigation, we can we can see the truth. So that's just a general overview and I, you know like i said i wouldn't be able to give you true specifics um mm -hmm. unless i actually went yeah. back and looked into it again yeah. you know but i guess like uh hearing uh what you said you know i it seems that you've just uh, at one point in your life you bookmark islam as okay i've dived deep into this and 
X, right? This is not what what the religion is. So and yeah. like after a few years, like you've forgotten why, but at but at least you've bookmarked it because you did look into yeah. it genuinely, right? And actually, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I did with the major religion. I mean, there's so many religions out there. I mean, you're not going to be able to study them all. You know, and especially be able to study what you believe, right? So, uh, you, you know, you just give the best assessment you can. We're all human. You know, we're not going to be able to be – we can't know everything, you know, and I am fully aware of that. Um, but, yeah, I looked into the major religions uh, when I was when I was going through school, and, uh, yeah, I even studied further after that. But, yeah, man, I, I came to the conclusion um, that Christianity was, was true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I – that, that's pretty much all I can say about it, man, is, yeah, of course, I'm not going to remember everything. I mean, yeah, let's dive deeper you know, into why <laughs> Christianity is true, right? So, um, initially, when we talk about Christianity, we have to uh, discuss the Bible first because that is the foundation, like the, the text itself, that, that is the basis. Okay. So, and it, let, how about, like, the Old Testament, right? Like... Uh, I want to know like your views on its historical and scientific claims. What is your position? That are you a literalist or oh, it's just allegory? That is that what you're? Well, I'm a literature person. So if the literature dictates allegory, I'm going to go with that. If the literature dictates uh, uh, narrative, I'm going to go with that. So, so um, as far as uh, if you want to get into the scientific claims, I'm sure you're probably thinking of Genesis, right? for you know the creation account so I'm an old earth creationist so I don't think it was a uh, literal six days I think that it was uh, yeah so I'm, I'm an old earther there uh, I think that it describes literal things that happened and I think that it can be supplemented also with what happened uh, the the chapters on creation and job such as you Ross, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, on par with uh, reasons to believes uh, uh, model because it's got predictability and so forth and so um, when it comes to Genesis that's how I read it <clears throat> when it comes to uh, other scientific claims and stuff that they that they uh, that, that the Old Testament uh, um, gets into I look at it in the genre that it's meant to uh, be read in and I try to do my best to execute it that way um, I also am blown away by its prophetic uh, um, manuscripts such as Isaiah and then how it pretty much predicts you know the suffering servant and Jesus Christ and to me that you know those type of things they hold incredible weight and seeing that how a lot of these prophecies were fulfilled not only in the intertestament periods but also uh, during the life of Christ is just to me uh, cre uh, gives credit Credence to the Old Testament as a whole, and you know, and it's awesome because you can also see the kingdom of God throughout. So I mean, I, I think there's a lot of typology there, but overall, yeah, I think you got to read the Old Testament the way it's meant to be written or to be read, and that is through the eyes of the people that wrote it, to the people they wrote it to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, um, I guess like one real 
real question did come on my mind when you mentioned that you were an old earther and i can't let this pass right like um okay go for it was there a literal adam and eve and did they actually name those animals or the the you know that temptation in the garden did that really occur <laughs> was there really a snake how did how do you view uh, was that there really stuff? a snake okay so <clears throat> i do believe adam and eve were real people i think that is also attested to uh, by by Christ and the New Testament authors. So if yeah, I do believe that you know those real things happened. Um, there is a several interesting views on it, and you know I'm not quite settled on uh, how the fall came about. My my personal belief, and this is without uh, being able to give it the entire study, is I take it for what it is. Uh, humankind had a point where Satan had to have tempted them in a way to have them fall. You know, um, whether the snake is a re just a representation of him or whether it's a real snake, and he's through the snake. I mean, we do have evidence of possessions and so forth, uh, and, you know, demons going into pigs <clears throat> and, you know, things like that. So, I mean, my view allows room for the reality of those things happening. Um, so I would. I guess that's how I would approach it. So yes, I do uh, do affirm that Adam and Eve were real. So I do believe that there was a literal Adam and Eve. So uh, I I think that's the major one that that we should investigate. Um, so yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, fine, fine. I I, I guess uh, that could be the case. Okay, I guess like if you're we're going to discuss the Old Testament, you know that we I guess there are like the miracles like Noah's flood or the mm -hmm. the division of the Red Sea and all that stuff. But if oh, yeah. you do if you believe in a creator, then that that, that it's really easy to believe all the those other supernatural miracles. But one th oh, yeah. one thing, right? Like that that should be the that is the main focus of the Bible is Jesus Christ himself and mm -hmm. he his death and crucifixion and his resurrection. So um What's your take on Christ being just a normal human being, just a teacher, and not really in his story being just made a legend by his followers? Like, would you would you believe? Okay, so I yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay yeah okay no I get what you're going. No, I think those are terrible arguments for the simple fact is Christ didn't leave us. He didn't leave us with that, you know. Uh, we don't have that option. We don't have an option just to say he was a normal guy. The historical evidence suggests that he was something more. So yes, I do uh, approach Christ with the, with that idea in mind, uh, because you know he was either, as Lewis does, he's either a liar, or a lunatic, or he is who he claimed to be. He's Lord, you know. So um, people don't make the claims that Jesus made. Unless they are a liar, a lunatic, or who they say they are, so I have to look at the. I gotta have to see what the the evidence does historically, and I have to make my conclusions based off of what that you know you know where the evidence leads on that, and I think it heavily weighs in the factor that Christ was who he said he was, mm -hmm. obviously because I'm a Christian, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess what when it comes to let's say you know like textual criticism, right? Like how okay. would you you know tell yourself like truly like for certain that the 
that the man the manuscripts actually portrayed or demonstrated that what actually happened in Jesus's life and not and because you know it, the like for example the book of Luke right Luke actually uh j- just uh wrote what second I guess like second witness testimonies you know and he is not really the Luke wasn't really there at the time that Jesus is, was you know professing his gospel yeah. and stuff so how do you know for certain that it, what was written in the gospel is actually what happened during Jesus's life well I mean how do we know anything of history right so we have to investigate it so what does the data show? I mean, we've got independent testimony. We have the discovery of Luke. So let's go into Luke. <clears throat> Luke is considered to be, by William Ramsey, a first-rate historian. So uh, people have investigated what Luke has said, and Luke is pretty phenomenal. He's got a great style of Greek, uh, very accurate in his details. You can also see his his personality in, in the text as far as, like, where he was from, such as there's a there's a apparent what they call an apparent contradiction in in Mark and Luke, where a roof is described right uh, into Peter's house when the paralytic's getting healed, right? So you have this uh, um, in Mark's account, he goes through the thatch, you know, it describes a roof that is common to uh, uh, um, Middle Eastern, uh, you know. Uh, Middle Eastern roofs at the time, right? So in Luke, you have the description that is kind of like a Roman-style roof with plates, you know, uh, clay clay plates, you know. So uh, what's really cool there is that you get that little personality in there. To me, that 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 lends credibility that Luke is just trying to give a, a true account of what he thought a roof looked like. So uh, when you go also into Luke, you'll see that even down to things like he – what would in Acts they say there's over, like I think total over, maybe it's John, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But there's a lot of historical uh, things that have been proven and verified in in the accounts of Acts and, and accounts of Luke, and you can actually go and investigate those and figure them out for yourself. I know one of them was uh, the storm that supposedly wrecked Paul, his shipwreck, is <clears throat> a common occurrence in the Mediterranean. In this specific time of year, and Luke got that right, you know. So when you when all the pieces start falling in in, in a row, it's kind of hard to deny uh, the validity of what he said. And, and it, just to give you a quick correction, uh, Luke is is got his stuff not secondhand. He got it. He is a secondhand source, but he got his stuff from primary sources, which uh, is. Uh, considered very, very reliable, and you know, a primary source such as Matthew or or Peter and, and stuff. They're also primary people, so that's why things like Mark, who is also recording Peter's testimony traditionally, um, is a firsthand account would be considered an eyewitness testimony. So these are uh, the people that that Luke investigated are primary sources, just like Mark took Peter's account. So um, once all, once you see the similarities through the synoptic, and a lot of people say there's a synoptic problem. I don't really see a problem with synoptics at all. I think they're, they're beautifully written. Uh, I think that, you know, you can go back and confirm a lot of what they say to be true. 
And yeah, so that's that's what I do, and, and that's what I love to do. I love to go back and I love to look at those things. Uh, the the McGrews do a wonderful job at giving us undesigned coincidences in the Bible that they have studied through uh, historical apologetics and so forth. And uh, yeah, so I mean, there's so many different different ways you can you can study this and come to the same conclusion. So, anyways, that's that's where I'll mm. leave it. Okay, so I guess like um, when it comes to Christ's resurrection, right? Like your, you could you you what you're saying is that um, I believe Christ died and was resurrected because the historical evidence says so, and I have no other reason to believe otherwise, right? Well, I mean, I would take Habermas's uh, minimal facts approach when it comes to that, right? So that would be uh, I'll just give you five. Um, Jesus' death by crucifixion is well attested uh, by uh, outside historical attestations as well. The disciples' belief that Jesus appeared, the conversion of the church persecutor Paul, the conversion of the skeptic James, and the empty tomb. I think uh, there's several things you got to look to when you come to those conclusions. So uh, as far as the historical evidence, I mean, if you're if you're making a case for something, yeah, I'm going to think that the the historical evidence has to be sound, it has to be solid, and it has to lead to a true conclusion, you know, not just just a false one or a one that leaves you with a great deal of probability that it didn't happen. Um, even though it could be a better reason to believe that it happened versus not happen, I think it goes beyond that. At least that's my opinion. I think it, it really sets the bar high for any other other worldview to try to debunk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I want to ask you about your, your your show, right? Like, for what what was it called again? The proselytize or apostatize and skeptics mm -hmm. and seekers. Mm -hmm. So, what what kind of guests do you main, mainly have there? Is it religious discussions or philosophical? We do all sorts, bud. Um, skeptics and seekers. We do all. We we do everything from religion to politics. We do everything from. <laughs> Uh, um, so same PRA, we, we get ma mainly in, in proselytize or apostatize, we get the religious crowd. Um, we get, we, we stick to either theology, philosophy, uh, debates on, a, uh, atheism and stuff like that. But we cover a broad base, man. I would just say, check it out. And uh, we even do, we even do movie critiques and critiques of other YouTube videos. So, mm -hmm. okay. So when yeah. it comes to your, like your atheist guests. You know, they, they, yeah. a lot of my atheist friends, they would say that, you know, they might consider the, the potentiality the, or possibility that, that there could be a God that exists, but they, mm -hmm. it, 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 for them, it's just not enough for them to actually believe in one because their, the evidence is just not enough, you know, for uh, by their standards. So... Um, would you would you try to convince them otherwise, or like correct their their criteria for a theist god? Like how how do you I guess like discuss with them if if you have an atheist in in in, so in like, the conversation? <laughs> so like you, Elmo, I'm a host. So I I try what I try to do is facilitate a fair environment that will facilitate a meaningful discussion. So I try to really give equal time 
if the theist is is hogging the mic, I'll let him know. I'll be like, hey man, let him respond, and you know, you I gotta moderate. Um, but my goal is to create a welcoming environment for my atheist guests, and uh, most of my guests like that. Uh, all of them actually like it. I've had, you know, that's why the same group of atheists like to come on uh, from time to time and discuss it. And I'm very appreciative for them because they bring another element to the conversation that we can actually dive into. And it's really awesome, and it gives you a lot to think about. So uh, both, uh, I've dealt with atheists that are just mad at God. Uh, it seems, you know, they, they don't believe him, yet they're mad at him. Um, and there's no give. There's just no give in their thinking, you know. So it's just like, you know, you're dealing with week to week. You're dealing with people that are just angry at Christianity and what it – and all its failings even, you know. And I, I, I can relate to that because I was failed by, by it at one point, you know, where I didn't get that firm foundation and ask questions and get told that – it's all because pastor says, and when he says something, it's Holy Spirit driven. It's biblical almost on that that point, and then you come to the realization that uh, that's not how it goes. Mm -hmm. So I, I I get that. So mm -hmm. well, is your approach like, uh, for example, um, oh, I have an atheist guest, and he might have something to say, but no matter at the end of the day, I'm still going to be a Christian, no matter how right he might seem, like like. Okay, so here's mm -hmm. here's something that's interesting. Okay, so I've come to the point where I am convinced that Christianity is true. Um, of course, I'm not as arrogant to say that I know everything. Okay, so um, there are questions that raise in my mind that are, you know, make me explore and, and doubt. You know, um, so uh, I just had one recently um, on the soul. You know, and I've. I thought about it, and I still come to the conclusion, eh, this is probably a good answer for it, you know. Uh, but it was about, you know, can we scientifically gauge when the metaphysical realm, the soul, interacts when it interfaces with the body? You know, that's a good question, man. <laughs> you know, are we, would we be able to detect that at some point, right? Because uh, you would think that we would be able to at some point when it actually interacts. So I, that was that's a question that I'm still exploring. I'm like, that's a good question. It comes to you know this idea of are we subs, you know, is there something to the substance dualism and and do we, let's study that. Let's let's look into it. You know, so um, yeah, you know, I'm not. I guess I mean that's the best way I can answer that question. I think is that you know I'm convinced that Christianity is true because of all the research I've done, because of all the. Uh, uh, the the investigations I've done and, and uh, study I've done, but I'm not fool enough to say that I know everything. And there could be stuff that you know, if you find the body of Christ, right? You find his actual body, and I, I'm using an extreme here, right? Uh, if you find his body, there is no Christianity. Even Paul says that, you know. So uh, of course, I mean, I think Paul gives us that leeway to say, hey, you know, God put us on this path of discovery. Humans are at their best when they're discovering things, and they're looking into things, and they're exploring. And I think that's part of the way he made us. So I think that we have to keep that mindset. We have to keep the mindset of I'm willing to learn. 
open, and I'm willing to listen to other people. I'm willing to to hear their side of the story, and then present what the answers that I have. Mm-hmm. Okay, but and I guess like at the start, or like even before you started your your podcast, your YouTube channels, um, what came to your mind, or what inspired you to actually do this thing, like? Yeah. Uh, I think, especially in my area, um, I think there is a very, very big need, especially, uh, like I said, in this area, for intellectual responses to Christianity. Uh, R.C. Sproul, uh, the late R.C. Sproul, said that, you know, I am troubled by the uh, where where intellectual Christianity is these days you know uh, you know people aren't diving into the intellectual side of our faith and I think apologetics does that and I wanted to set a platform not only just because I like Justin Briley and unbelievable <laughs> but I wanted to give people a platform I wanted to start the discussion I wanted to uh, be able to equip some people and also to engage people. I wanted to engage. It's it, like I said, a big part of it for me is about learning and listening. So uh, you know, that's that's one big factor. But it also is to equip brothers and sisters uh, that don't know much about their faith that were in a position that I was in when I started this journey, which was why did I believe what I believe, and asking that question, coming to that point where I was like a deer in the headlights when my cousin, who's a genius level person just asked me questions to when I saw him again having answers to those questions I made him think so yeah and not only that but then there is that 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 desire for truth that that grips you and pulls you towards God in a closer relationship and the apologetics has brought me a lot closer to God as well because I feel like I understand him better I mean of course I mean you can never fully understand an infinite being, but you know, uh, or a timeless being. It's just it, it brought me closer to him. I think you know I feel a closeness to him more. And yeah, I'm getting into the to the the re stuff, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, I guess like um, well, when it comes to your spiritual right na- life right now, bro, like um. <laughs> And I guess, like you know, it, 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 having this YouTube channel, sometimes it becomes jarring, right? Like you know, you're all, you're, it becomes you know this routine, and oh, I've heard this before again and again. But um, mm-hmm. well, you know, in, 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 does it affect your prayer life or your Bible reading, or does it actually like become an inspiration for you? Oh, I need to study the Bible more. I need to to grow stronger in my faith in order to be re- ready for all this stuff. There's a, there's yes. Yes. I would say the latter because it, I was just thinking about this today and I was thinking about if you asked me a question like this, how I would respond because it comes up. And the fact is that the more I get into it, the more I find out I don't know and I need to keep learning. So it inspires me to, to keep learning because there's so much to it. I see some of the things that, my my friends discuss and some of the words they use and I thought man I got a good grip on these Christian words and these philosophical words right and then next 
thing you know, I'm, uh, they're, they're speaking a whole different language. And I'm like, what in the world? And so I'm looking into these things now. And yeah, so, you know, you've got you've to gotta keep learning. You've got to keep moving forward. And you've got to, yeah, you've got to learn. <laughs> so. Yeah, I guess. Oh, Mm -hmm. Well, on my podcast, okay. right? Like the mo most of the things that I do, I just you know purely just like I guess like an interrogation or an interview. You know, I just ask questions because you know I guess like the, the I, I initially my my goal for this podcast was to like be uh be be a reference for for people to you know to to understand the worldviews of people like you, right? Who to get down to the 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 big questions and really ask them the hard questions in in just one and a one hour interview right but you know i yeah. i've been thinking though when it comes to that i would rather i guess like prefer a more just of a discussion type of interview because i guess when when i keep like just asking the same questions over and over again you know it it does become repetitive right like for example <laughs> yeah, the questions i ask you I, i've asked it, it to like the same stuff to like 50 other people and well um I guess it, 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 there are variations, but you know, we're all, if if we are all Christian, well, we are all going to say the same thing, right? And and well, I guess that um, when it comes to my atheist guests too, you know, when I give them the hard questions, and and you know, they they sometimes it gets personal, so. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I do, yeah, I do, I would have to like make it more of just you know a light kind of conversation. Uh, don't you think yeah. but how do how do you do it oh, on yeah. your youtube channel like what how yeah okay so so in our in our platform we have various kinds of discussions i usually tell my guests i say hey man this is really chill really laid back we discuss we have conversations right um skeptics and seekers is a different piece i just started that so i'm just going to refer to uh pra right now uh proselytize or apostatize uh, but as far as that goes, that's what I, I, I prompt my guests with, hey, we're going to do this. And then I usually bring the two sides together, and uh, I say, hey, what's a good date? What's a good time? Um, what format would you like? And I really promote that the discussion is theirs. It's their discussion. I make them the center point, right? I'm just a moderator. It's their discussion. So I want them to be able to give me input on how they would like it, how the, the conversation would go. And there are certain rules that, that we stick to, like the affirmation side always goes first, you know, and, and the negation goes second. So what we do, what we do, what we do is, is usually we'll have opening statements. Uh, sometimes we'll do a five-minute rebuttal, or we'll just jump into open conversation. We'll, we just allow them, and I'll moderate it. And I have gotten several responses saying, hey, thanks for that moderation. You know, I was hogging the mic or thanks for that uh, moving along because it was getting re re repetitive, right? So you just got to – and you got to pick up on that. You got to be able to pick up on, okay, we need to move the discussion along. So – and that, that usually comes in the form of, like like you said, asking questions or different questions or, or even, you know, shifting gears in a way. Uh, but, yeah, I mean that's, that's kind of how we do things at PRA and, you know, keep it – Mm -hmm. yeah that that's a good good thing right and um i guess what your what's good about your your youtube channel is that you're grounded on this 
a mission, right? To make a, a platform where the discussion is is not going to be some dumpster fire or fighting, but it's actually something that's productive and people would that a conversation that people would actually want to listen to. Right, and I think yeah. that's that the most important thing, right? Actually, giving something of value, not just to the 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 two that want to fight each other, but actually to the people that want to listen, right? And they could actually learn from what these speakers are are saying, because I guess that's the real point, you know. You're you're making a a, a mass media sort of sort of channel and you would want the 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 audience to be the the real center of attention right it's it's them Absolutely. that people you you actually are serving and not the the ones who are debating <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah absolutely yeah and yeah they're the ones we're serving and the conversation that like i said is about my my guests i'm there mm -hmm. to moderate them yeah. you know and yeah you're absolutely right mm -hmm. on that Okay, I guess like one question, man, because uh, we're we're uh, almost an hour now, and um, this is something that I would like to ask you: is that you know you're a Christian for you know since you were like 18, as you said, right? And um, yep. if someone were to be you know, really interested in in studying all this stuff, and sometimes the the if if I'm a Christian, right, and the uh, the other sides or the Muslim or atheist or whatever are actually co convincing me. Yeah. to actually move away from Christianity because of sometimes like there are the parts of Christianity that, that are hard to accept or, you know some some and uh how would what would be my attitude towards this should I be more of a like fideistic oh I'm I, I'm just gonna ignore every uh, every logical thing and that comes about because I am going to stand on my faith on Christianity or should I should I be more of like, oh, I there they might be presenting a more logical argument, but I'll just have to keep studying Christianity in order to arrive at a better argument than theirs. Like, how do I stay a Christian if I'm going to indulge in these discussions? Well, for me, but when I, when it comes down to it, you need to look at to where the evidence takes you. Okay. I don't promote people having a blind faith, so I wouldn't say that you just ignore these deep questions because we're commanded as Christians to have an answer to for any man that asks for the hope that lies within us. You know, First Peter um, three. So uh, I would definitely say that you need to look into it. And how do you keep your Christianity from that? Is is true? There are good. I would say just from my personal experiences, I haven't gotten to a point where I think that you know Christianity's false because of the arguments they present. I see the arguments they present, and I think the Christian has the better argument when it comes down to it. Now there are things that are going to make you shake. There are things that are going to make you tremble. There's going to be arguments that send your mind through uh, through a loop. But at the end of the day, look into them, study them out. And come to your conclusion that way. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, um, hey, hey, David, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. It's been a great time. Uh, you're awesome, dude. And um, <laughs> thanks. Hey, subscribe to his channel, guys. I uh, just search, search it <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah.
Yes, it's fun. Okay. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car. Like cooking, but without the frozen dinner, easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately.